they can have a serious impact. Because if you spend all your time looking at all the things you think you should do, you're not focusing on what you can do. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Welcome back, Right Club Nation, on another episode of the podcast here with my co-host, Sarah Larby. How's it going, Sarah? It's going awesome. What about you? Doing great, doing great. Bringing on some more Rent to Owns. Really excited about the June event that we have coming up. Some really, really good speakers. Today, we're actually going to be speaking to one of our co-founders and our grounding member of the Right Club, uh, Laurel Simmons. So yeah, I, I mentioned in the podcast, but really, really feel fortunate to have been working with Laurel this last two, two and a half years. Learned so much. She's got a crazy amount of experience doing different things and even in the real estate world, outside of the real estate world mindset. So really excited to share this podcast with the Right Club Nation. Absolutely. So she's speaking on June 18th and she has done a lot of research and has tremendous knowledge on understanding why you're in real estate investing and just all the mindset piece around investing, but just around your life as well. Because even though we all love real estate investing, it's not about always the brick and mortar. It's about whether it's adding time to your life, the ability to do more of the things that you like to do. There's just so many different components Verse, and it's not just about money either. And she really, really has a good grasp on that. And she's got some really great insights for this, this episode of the podcast. I'm really excited about it. Absolutely. And, and I know even in, in my day-to-day business with Jack Properties, when, when we're working on the Right Club stuff, we're always looking on growing and expanding and doing different things. But really, it's why. Why are we doing that? What's it going to allow us to do? How is it going to improve our lives? And remembering those things, it, all those tasks that we're doing along the way, it's really important to make sure that it's, it's on, our, on our view, on the, on the vision of what, how we see our lives and how we want to live our lives, right? And I know you were just up at the cottage, your cottage, for about a week or so, and that's allowed you, everything that you've been able to do through your real estate you know, allows you to have a cottage now that you can go up and relax and enjoy and have fun with it too, right? We have to have fun. If we're, if we're not enjoying what we're doing and yeah, we're making you know, tons of money, and it, that's great, but you have to enjoy it. It has to be both, right? Absolutely. The cottage is pretty cool. We took a week off. We had some friends come up. And then during the week, we had different friends come up. And actually, right this weekend, no, I'm back. We gave the cottage this weekend to our chef and her family to enjoy. So they're up there right now having a great time, it looks like, from the Instagram pictures. And, you know, that's the other cool part is that we can offer this when we're not up there to people that help us out. So it is really cool. But yeah, I mean, the cottage is, is one thing. We're working towards legalizing the triplex into a, well, either a three or four units. So that's the other piece of what I'm up to right now. And what about you, Alfonso? Yeah, we're going through like piles and piles of applications of, of rent-to-own clients that, that have applied to do our rent-to-own program. And we're seeing such a, such an influx of people wanting to buy homes that aren't able to qualify. I guess it's this 
kind of warmer weather. It's been kind of crappy weather, but I think the warmer weather has definitely gotten people motivated to, to go out and start looking at homes. We're definitely seeing a lot more. We almost have all the cottages ready to start doing for the summer rentals. We had them rented in the off season as well. So for some people that wanted to be in the uh, in the Port Stanley, St. Thomas area, people were, they're, they're fully furnished, right? So people were, were renting them there as their houses were being filled or or had some like winter contracts. So yeah, we're cleaning up all the cottages, getting those ready for the summer. Definitely got a couple days, weeks planned to head up there. But yeah, closing on a few more deals by the end of by the end of May. I think there's another five or so deals that we've done of rent owns and uh, and educating more people. Getting really ramped up for two events that we have in June. By the time this airs, they might be have already done. But on June the second, we're actually doing a cottage day in Port Stanley. So if you're in the area, if you want to come out, we're touring the five cottages that we have. They're all within walking distance, which is really cool. And then we're going to do like a barbecue at one of the cottages and just kind of like a leisure, hanging out, networking, having a little barbecue by the beach. Probably heard of worse things. And then on June the 15th, myself, well, myself, Jag Properties and uh, Limor, we're going to be talking about how you can invest in real estate without being a landlord. So I know a lot of our investors here are landlords and are doing that, but there's a lot of people that just don't, that you know, maybe love their full-time jobs, don't want to leave their jobs, but want to invest in real estate and want a better return than their RSPs or, or their GICs or all those mutual funds from the banks. So we're going to show them how they can invest into, uh, into rent-to-owns as well as private mortgages as well too, or private funding. So that's really exciting. So we're getting all the, the final preparations, final touches ready for that as well. So really exciting stuff coming. That's awesome. Sounds like you've been uh, very busy. <laughs> yeah, it's been busy. It's been busy. It's, it's like I said, I'm waiting for this nicer weather to come so I can go play some more tennis outside. But in the meantime, we're doing a lot more fun stuff. But I'm really excited about this podcast with Laurel. She shares some really, really cool stuff. Alludes a little bit to about what she's going to be talking about on June 18th. If you haven't registered for the June 18th event, make sure you get to the website, therightclub.com and visit the website. Uh, we put a brand new calendar on there as well too that has all the events that we have planned and uh, keep keep up to date with that because we're going to be announcing our 2019-2020 schedule very, very soon. We've locked in, I think, the majority of those dates as well too. So get on the website, visit the new calendar, check that out as well. Absolutely. All right, cool. Shall we start the interview? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to it. All right, let's do it. All right. Welcome, Laurel Simmons, our founder, co-founder of The Right Club. We are so excited to have you on the podcast again for your second time. So welcome to the show. And not only that, I've been a co-host several times, so I'm feeling like a real pro here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So before we get started, for those of you that may not have heard your first episode, can you briefly let the audience know a little bit about you, what your real estate investing strategy is, and what your portfolio consists of? So my husband and I, Danielle, who's also a co-founder of The Right Club, our strategy is rent to own. That's our main strategy. We do have some buy and hold properties. Uh, We started in the date kind of fades into obscurity over time, but we actually started the company in 2010. I think we bought our first, got our first property in 2011. We have to this point done, I think we're just finishing 49, number 49 for the rent to own. And we have bought 
at least 12 buy and holds. We've sold some of them. I mean, we don't, we don't have uh, 60 or 61 or whatever it is properties in our portfolio right now. However, we have had that number of properties over the, the years and uh, portfolio is about roughly 25 million. You know, that's kind of where we're sitting at, which it sounds like a lot, but when you get started, you just start with one, right? And you do another. And I, I wish I could say that, oh, I had all that money in the bank, but that's not the way it works. <laughs> that's right. You all know that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that first one allows you to do that second deal a little bit better, and that second one allows you to do the third and the fourth and that fifth one, and, and you start developing process and getting used to it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's other people's money we've used, so that's the way, that's what you've got to do when you want to reach a level where where you're feeling more comfortable although i have to say i think that feeling comfortable in real estate is probably the most dangerous state you could be in because as soon as you feel comfortable it's all gonna fall apart <laughs> right and, and and luckily there's so many well i guess you could look at it luckily or unluckily but there's always changes there's always things that we need to adapt and do to continue to grow and to allow to do the things that we're already doing right so whether that's mortgage changes, whether that's government changes, all that type of stuff. So maybe throughout those, all the, all the different projects and properties that you and Danielle have done, what was maybe your biggest challenge that you guys have encountered? The biggest challenge? Wow. A challenge that you had to overcome. I think one big challenge, I remember it very clearly, is we just moved down to Niagara on the lake and we had bought 12 pre-construction homes and we moved into one. They were still painting it when we moved in. Other properties, the 11 around us, were in various states of disrepair, renovation, whatever you want to call it. And it was just managing all that all at once because we'd never done anything like that before. I was actually on a, I, I badly injured my knee, so I was with a cane and I was hobbling over construction sites. And, <laughs> and it was really, it was a real challenge because, and even just getting tenants in, tenants don't like to move into a places that are mud fields funny how that works <laughs> because people like to move in a place that looks nice right so you come in you think oh we're gonna get great pre-construction prices and blah 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 whatever it is and then the reality hits it's like well wait a minute this is a sea of mud what if you have kids here there's construction equipment all around parents don't like their kids in that kind of area oh not only that there was a big sign on the street that said uh, the construction company that said that danger don't let your kids here <laughs> <laughs> and we were trying to rent the property to families. No kids allowed. <laughs> no kids allowed. Oh my God, it was funny. I mean, it wasn't funny at the time, but it is now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely lots of pros and cons. Definitely surprises every single time. I mean, I get a surprise a month, <laughs> probably from oh, a house with oh, something going fun. wrong. And no, thanks for sharing. That's the downside to some of the real estate investing. That we but those are the things that make the really good stories. True. That's true. So Laurel, you're going to be speaking on June the 18th. I'm actually very excited because above and beyond real estate investing, you're very, very big and you're a proponent of understanding your why and just the bigger mindset to it all. And so I was hoping that you can talk a little bit about what it is that you're going to be presenting on the 18th of June, and maybe we can get some insights today on some of those things that we can share with our Right Club Nation. 
Sure. The title of my talk is called Noises and Voices. And what's funny, this came to me, I was down at a conference in the States in the, oh, I don't know, middle of the winter. And I was listening to a, a speaker and, and there were like all kinds of, there's, people were whispering around me and talking. All of a sudden I just kind of jerked, you know, when, when inspiration hits. And I went, wait a minute, that's a great talk. It's about noises and voices because we all have noises and voices in our heads all the time. And for real estate investors, it's, it's really critical that we understand what those noises and voices are because we can, we can get off track really, really fast. And it can be really dangerous for us. And when I say noises and voices, I'm not talking about mental illness. That's an entirely different story. I'm talking about, well, noises, for example. When you think about all the noise that's around you, we're constantly bombarded with stuff, right? We hear about this and we hear about that. And noises and voices are, are very, very closely related. There's so much stuff being thrown at us all the time. So how do you sort through that noise? How do you keep focused on what you're doing? And yeah, you're right. I'm really, really determined or, or set on the mindset, like the why. If you don't have your why, then you're in big trouble because you, you're not going to make it through. Because real estate, although in some sense it's simple, some money together, you buy a property and you rent it or whatever. That's, that's simple, right? But it's not easy. This can be very, very complex. And as soon as there's complexity, there are noises and there are voices. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the voices and then I'll go back into the noises. So what's the most dangerous voice for a real estate investor and for anybody? I don't care whether you're in real estate or you're in any type of business in your job. I don't care. So play with me a little bit here. You got any idea what the biggest voice is? I would think it's yourself inside your mind. Yeah, it is. And that voice, the biggest question, the biggest statement that that voice says, I think I should do this. It's the should. So this is what happens because we're talking about real estate. Let's say, okay, we do rent to own and we do some, some buy and hold and we're starting to look at student rental and all the rest of it. And that's fine because as you get established in one strategy, then you can move to another. If you're starting out, oh, I have one property, I'm, I'm renting that. That sounds really, really good. And you're still a bit, still figuring things out. Oh, I just heard this. I just heard somebody do a, an Airbnb. I should do that, right? Oh, because the grass is always greener. Oh, let me go over and look at that. Blah, blah, blah. I run around, I, I get all excited. I talk to people, I'm going to do this. And then you're just thinking, well, maybe I'll do that. And then you hear somebody talk about flipping. Oh. I should flip. And there's that should again. I should, I should, I should, I should. One of my favorite sayings is don't should on yourself. You know? <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. And it's so true. I remember clearly after taking some real estate education classes and some, some introductory classes, I was introduced to all the different strategies, right? There's the buy and hold, the rent to own, commercial, wholesaling, student rentals, right? At the time it was vacation property or the, the uh, Airbnb. And you're right. I was thinking, oh, I should do this because this guy or this girl, you know, was successful in that, or I should do that. And it was like drinking water from a fire hose. It was all the information that was all kind of 
polluted all over you that you're like, oh, I should do this and I should do that. And I definitely should it all over myself for sure. Um, It was, it was, yeah, it was distracting because you don't know which direction you go, especially when you are starting out and it's a new, a new way of doing things. Hey, Right Club Nation, we'd like to take a short break from the podcast to introduce you to Ryan Carson, who is the leader and visionary at Carson Law. It's a firm based out of Burlington, Ontario, that provides legal services in the areas of residential and commercial real estate, corporate and business matters, estate planning, and intellectual property. Ryan has handpicked his legal and admin team who have developed an efficient process that can help with every aspect of the transaction. This includes acting on purchases, sales, refinances, receiving funding, reviewing contracts, drafting and reviewing joint venture and partnership agreements, assisting with private lending, and building the right corporate structure. Right Club Nation, you will recognize Carson Law and his team as regular attendees and loyal supporters of our monthly meetings. They possess the perfect balance of legal experience and desire to achieve client satisfaction that ensures each deal is successfully executed in a timely manner. And by the way, even though there are main offices in Burlington, they have a mobile signing service that will send a lawyer to meet with clients, which is awesome. At Carson Law, you can count on their legal advice for home, for work, and for life. Now, back to the podcast. So some of the noises and voices, like you said, maybe the biggest one is in our own heads, but how do they affect or, or can they affect and how much do they affect the cash flow and wealth creation in, in real estate investing itself? They can have a serious impact because if you spend all your time looking at all the things you think you should do, you're not focusing on what you can do. And the should statement goes along with being better. I can always be better. I can make this better. I can do that better. But being the should tends to be about other things that are outside what you're doing right now. Whereas the better, although it's related, is what can I do now to make things better here and now? Now, sometimes they get related in that I can say, I, want, I should do that because, oh, that would bring more money into my, my bank account. That would increase my cash flow. And if I go into that, uh, I should go into that strategy because that's going to be easier or faster or whatever it is. But underlying that always is the assumption that it's going to be better, right? Because if it wasn't better, why would you be doing it? Or why would you be thinking about doing it? So those are actually two words I wish we could get rid of in the English language. We never will, but the should word and the better word. Better is always about comparison. So you're always comparing yourself to either yourself or to someone else, the external comparison. And the should again is about the external stuff. It's like that little devil sitting on your shoulder. And the should comes from your parents and your, and I'm not saying anything against parents. It's just the way we were brought up. It's your history. It's your, it's your family environment. It's, it's your schooling. It's, it's that voice. You should, you should, you should, you should. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not, the story is not the little engine who should have done it. It's about the little engine who could and the little engine who can and the little engine who did. <laughs> right. I mean, that's extremely important. So you mentioned parents and friends, and I'm just curious like, what your opinion is on that because there's a lot of listeners out there that are probably trying to get into real estate investing and their family, their friends are just telling them that they shouldn't do it because they've oh. heard horror stories on TV, they've had an uncle that had a bad experience, et cetera, et cetera, or they think that they're going to lose all their money. So what, do you have, like, what can you say to help those people? 
in that situation. I laugh, although it, it's sad, but true because most of my family and, and Danielle's family is like, oh, real estate. Oh, that's so terribly dangerous. And we just kind of look at them going, you just have to laugh it off. You have to surround yourself with people who really believe in you. That's number one. If you are going to continue to continually surround yourself with naysayers, with people who, who don't believe in what you're doing, and there's a lot of psychology behind that, change is dangerous. We regard change as dangerous. So if your friends are telling you that you shouldn't do it, that's just all the negative of the should, you should do it. It's because you as the real estate investor are starting to make changes and positive changes. And you are changing your environment. You're changing the way you do things. And that means to your friends that you're getting, you're doing things differently and you're going to leave them behind. And they find that threatening. And it's as simple as that. As soon as you start changing, you are a threat to the friends and the people that you work with or spend your time with. So there's a couple of strategies to deal with that. A, you just don't talk about it to your friends and the people you work with, because if they're negative, it's not going to help you at all. And the other thing is you look for other friends. It, it is and I've had conversations with a lot of people about this where they said, you know what? I had to get rid of my friends. It sounds really, really bad. But if your friends are dragging you down, then get out. Go find somebody else. Yeah, because yeah. everybody likes to be on the same level. And if somebody in that group starts changing it, then everybody else, as I said, is threatened. So find other people. There are lots of people out there who are willing to support you, have fun, learn with you, and encourage you. Why would you want to be around people who won't support you? Yeah, and, and we talk about that all the time, right? The five people or 10 people or, or even just, I don't know if there's a number, but just the people that you spend the most time with, right? And, and, yeah. and how they're motivating you and how they're driving you and allowing you. It, it's not always about getting better improvement, but it's, it's just doing that next thing just a little bit better and not leaving that status quo. I, I, one, of my, one of my early jobs, my, my manager always said, there's, there's no standing still. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. There's no standing still. And I always remember that. And, and it's so true. Of, your friends can should all over you because you should, yeah, yeah. should do that. And the thing is, is you want to get the advice from people that are doing things that you want to do, not things that you don't want to do, right? I don't want to work in a factory or work at a job for 14, 15, 18 hours a day and come home tired. And if you're taking the advice from them. That's God bless them. They're helping you. They're trying to tell you what they think you should do, but it's not what you wanted, right? Yeah. That's what I've noticed. Absolutely. And so, I mean, obviously you can pick your friends and you can choose your friends and it's always important to pick your top five people as much as possible for those that you want to be closer with and have similarities with, but you can't pick your family. So if your parents are saying, I mean, luckily for me, like they've always been very, very supportive and thought real estate was the best thing in the world. And so it was, it was an easy time for me and my family, but somebody's parents, they love them dearly say, you cannot do this. You're going to lose your shirt. You, you can't really get rid of your parents. No, you can't. So in that case, I would say, get yourself a really good mentor because that will provide the support that you need because you can go to that person and say, this is what they're telling me. Yes, you could go to a psychologist if you would like to, but I think, I don't think that's necessary. I think it's, I get a really good mentor because a strong 
mentor in the area, the strategy that you want to work in will really, really assist you, support you, encourage you because they've already done it. That's the definition of a mentor. Someone who's already done what you want to do and can show you the ropes, right? It's as simple as that. So now you have a lot of positive stuff and a really good mentor will say, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And if you have a problem, you call me. And if you do call that mentor and, and that person says, well, what are you talking about? Like, yes, your parents are coming from this background. They love you, support you. But go back to what you're doing and why you're doing it. Do you really believe in it? Yes. Okay. Then this is what you do. So that would make such a difference, having that positive reinforcement. And, and, and just acknowledge that your parents or whoever it is in your family, yeah, they don't get it. So maybe when um, you have been successful, however you define that, because success is different for everyone, when you have your first deal or your fifth deal or whatever it is, and you can have a little conversation and say, hey, mom and dad, you know, I just wanted to show you. <laughs> maybe it's showing the bank account. I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a, there is some satisfaction to showing a big check or showing the bank statement or saying, I'm taking you for a little drive. Oh, look, I own this place and I own that place and I own this place and I own that place. And, you know, just okay. leave it at that. Yeah, a, l a little bit of a, I told you so, maybe. If it's just, hey, I don't want you to worry. That's how I would phrase it. I don't want you to worry. I just want, to show, I want you to show this because I understand you love me. I understand you're worried. And here's some proof that shows you that you don't have to be that worried because this is what's happening right now. Don't get into an argument. You're never going to win that argument. Just say here, and I just wanted you to see this. And then, I don't know, have a coffee. Forget about it. The other thing I want to add too is 20 years ago, when the interest rates were actually decent, when you were saving, it made sense probably to save. They're just The times have changed so much. The economy, the system, like everything's changed so much that if you leave your money in a bank, and inflation eats, you know, two to three percent a year. You are actually losing money by saving. Yes. But back in the day, you were getting great yeah. of just keeping your money in a checkings account or whatever the GIC was back then. Like that was actually my mom. She's so cute. Like when I was eighteen, she's like, "Put your money in a GIC. It'll be good." <laughs> but now she's actually we just joint ventured and she's getting into real estate investing and she is seeing the other the other side of it because at the end of the day, if you don't invest your money and you're just saving, you will fall. You're going backwards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I remember when mom and dad had GICs. Well, when they were, yeah, they were getting like 15%, 18%. Well, why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Exactly. So Laurel, like, what are some other examples of noises and voices that investors might hear? So other than maybe some of their heads, some of their family and friends, like there's a shiny penny syndrome. Do you have other examples? Okay, one of the uh, voices that you, you can give yourself or, or people tell us is, I can do it all myself. That would make me laugh. Because you may think you can do it all yourself. No, not a ghost of a chance. We all need help. We all need support. And the trick is finding the right support, right? Finding the, the power team that you can really work with. Finding the, the accountant and the bookkeeper and the ongoing stuff. Because that's another thing that we forget as real estate investors, that it's not just about acquiring the property or, or uh, getting the deal set up. It's all the stuff that comes afterwards. And that's a big deal. In fact, that's probably 
as big as or bigger than the initial uh, work because that initial work is very intense and it's kind of sexy and yeah, you got this new property, then what? Because that could take place over the course of what? Two, three months? And if you've got property, now you've got years of this. I gonna manage it. So getting the right support in terms of you know the help because you can't do it all yourself. There's just no way that anyone could do it all themselves, especially if you have a job full time. Uh, you can't. You have a job and a family. Even for Danielle and I, we can't do it all. There's just we have to get help. Yeah, and you mentioned it too, and I like the way that you phrase it. It's the right help as well too, because if you're say you're looking to buy a multi-family building, okay, and you're working with a realtor that's never, you know, never even owned a real estate investment property themselves or never walked into a multi-unit family, but they're saying, hey, I can do it for you. Maybe not the best help, right? An accountant that has only worked with people that are, get normal T4 income or work at a normal job, right? Maybe not the best accountant for your real estate business, right? So again, it goes back to the people that have done it before, that have walked that path and that have done it for other people right? What we're doing here is we're not reinventing the wheel. Real estate has been around a long time. Even cavemen, right? They had their own caves, right? They, they, I don't know if they were subletting or, or like secondary suites in their caves, but there was real estate. People lived somewhere. People had to take care of their dwellings. It's been around forever and ever. You, you walk around Europe, those buildings have been there since like whatever, the 1400s. So yeah. what we're doing isn't brand new, but we're putting our own version, our own spin on it and making it our own. So working with the right people that have done it before, how have done what you're doing before is so important, getting the right advice. Because then, then it just becomes noises or voices of people that aren't sure, and then you're getting outside chatter and outside opinions from people that have not actually done it and maybe yeah. not getting the best advice. And unintentionally, they're giving you the wrong advice because that's all they know, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And something that goes along with that is people who – never take the leap. They're, they procrastinate and they don't realize that they're procrastinating, but it's the paralysis by analysis, right? So they look at this strategy and that strategy and this strategy and that strategy, however many there are, and then they analyze them and they analyze them and they analyze them. I remember oh, years ago, I, I would continually run into one fellow, he came in from Halifax and at a conference in, in here in, um, in Ontario. And Every year I'd say, so what did you buy? Oh, I'm still, I'm still looking at what I should do. So he's, what I should do. So I knew that he was listening to that internal voice about what should I do with other people telling him. But he was, he was terrified of actually doing something. So it was, well, I'm going to look at this and I'm going to look at that. Oh, but somebody told me that that might not be a good strategy. So I better really, really analyze it. Or, well, somebody told me that was a really good strategy and, and I should buy that property. I really have to drill down to drill down so much farther because I'm not sure that it's going to work. Year after year after year, this fellow kept saying, well, I'm still looking at it. And we, all three of us know people who do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it reminds me, I, one of the very first investor forums years ago that I went to, there is this guy and he's like, I'm going to wait for the crash. And then that's when I'm going to buy my real estate, probably still waiting to this day. And he's like, crap, I missed out a boatload of opportunity. Because and oftentimes new, new investors or people that are not investors will ask me like, hey, what happens if 
the market goes down? Like, are you going to lose everything? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm definitely not that leveraged. <laughs> Number two, if my property is cash flow, the rent doesn't go down at the same amount that the house prices might go down. And then number three, there's a lot of fundamentals like immigration, et cetera, et cetera, in Ontario, not for everywhere, but that yeah. support that like, if it does go down, like there's ups and downs to the market. I don't see it going down 50%. Like maybe it'll go down a little bit, but like, we're not going to have a crash like we saw in, in the U S we have different lending practices. We have a lot of different things. So the people that are waiting for that crash, I mean, they're going to be waiting years and years and they're just missing the vote at the end of the day. Unfortunate. You're not going to get a home run deal. And if the market does go down, they're probably gonna be like, I'm going to wait till it goes down a little bit more. Or the lenders are going to restrict lending and then they're not going to be able to get a mortgage anyways. So to me, it's like a lose-lose. You might as well get in now and yeah. buy something that's not a home run, but that's like decent enough and hold it for long enough and you, you guys will be good. And the other side to that is I'm going to wait until someone says, I'm going to wait until it's the best possible time to buy. Well, what is that? The, yeah. the best possible time to buy is right now. Well, actually the saying is, you know, the best time to have bought property was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. That's right. <laughs> 20 years ago or 20 years from now, it's going to be the same thing. So there's never a best time. There's only a good time. And that time is right now. Yeah. And, and that's right. And I think all three of us, and we meet so many people in the right club rooms and investors that have actually gone and done it and invested. And we're not saying, you know, just go and buy the first thing you see, go do your homework, do your due diligence have your plan, why you're buying that, what your goal is, what what you're trying to get, if it's cash flow, if it's appreciation, if it's a long-term hold, do all that research, then find that the best suited one for you, but still do that research, but don't just sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait, because uh, it reminds me of the saying, indecision is sometimes worse than wrong decision. Because oh, absolutely. You have so many options with real estate. If you buy a property, I'm going to run away. And then you're like, oh man, I need, and, and you uncover, oh my God, it's going to be three times the amount of budget of running. Okay, well, then you can still sell it. Or you're like, hey, I'm just going to do some small changes and I'm going to rent it. You have so many options and flexibility where you're not just stuck with one thing that, oh, I, okay, well, I bought a sub shop. Well, all you can do is make subs out of there, right? Even that you can change to a pizza place if you want. Sure. Right. So there's so many options and differences that you can adapt along the way. It's not just so concrete that, hey, I'm buying it and, and this is the plan and I have to stick to it. If it doesn't go exactly according to the plan, it's a failure. Sometimes you can actually find greater successes by fixing those small little failures along the way. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's you're bang on, Alfonso. It's it's like people, they only see one thing when they're when they're thinking about investing or they are investing. And. So they're not looking at the at all the options that they could do just with that one property, whatever that is, or whatever strategy they're using. So they're losing out. So on the one hand, you've got all this noise about, I could do this, I could do that, and oh, look at over there, look at over this, look at over that, and someone told me I could do this, and somebody told me I could do that. That's noise, right? You've got to sort through that. And that's Forget just about real estate. It's all the other stuff that you can do. I mean, you can set up all kinds of businesses. But if you have decided that real estate is what you, you want to do, then you look at the strategy you want to do, how you can do it. Talk to those people who are successful. Get a mentor. Do not talk to the people who pull you down for whatever reason. Although, there's a caveat to that. When you talk to successful people, if they're really successful and really honest, 
They're going to tell you the mistakes that are, and the pitfalls and the traps, because there are always mistakes you can make. We've made them. I know you guys have made them. That's, that's just the way it is. That's the only way you learn and you get better and you can plan to your heart's content. It doesn't matter. Life happens. You're going to make a mistake, right? So you get into your property, you do what you have, look at the options, keep an open mind, keep the shoulds out of the way, figure out why you're doing it, what you want to get out of this, and then go for it. And that's really the, the strategy that you use for everything, right? If you want to be successful. Although, frankly, we can have a whole conversation about what success means because I have a lot of trouble with the way people define success. But we only have, what, another five minutes? <laughs> Absolutely. That will be a topic for another podcast. Another one. <laughs> we can talk about it over and over, but I am really excited. I'm sure, Alfonso, you as well. To, to hear you speak and go through all of this because it's not every day that we get exposed to just a different way of thinking and thinking through all of this information. And it's about real estate, but it's also, they say it's 90% your mindset. And yeah, it is. Yeah, so you're going to bring in a lot of value. I'm super excited for that. So the next part of the podcast, Laurel, is our famous lightning round. You probably know the questions by now, and I know you've answered them. So you can switch them up if you want. Answer within 30 seconds. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's now time for the lightning round. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Daniel St. John. Do you think using other people's money is a strategy for other people? Not you? At Safe and Sound Real Estate Investment Group, Daniel's been teaching people just like you how to use other people's money for almost 10 years. To find out more, go to www.sasrig.com. That's www.sasreig.com. And download your free copy of the special report, Arms Length RSP Mortgages, Canada's Best Kept Investment Secret. You'll be amazed at how you can leverage other people's money to help you finance as many real estate deals as you want. All right, so question number one, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Okay, the best advice I've ever received in a networking event, and actually this came from my husband, you've come with someone, you already know that person, and if you're going to a networking event, it's the whole point is to meet other people. So split up and go to another day. That's great. I love that. I love that. And I see that so many happening so many times at the right club as well, two groups of people coming in together and now they're sitting at different tables and, and spreading out the resources, right? Yeah. So that's great advice. Question number two, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Ooh, my favorite real estate investing resource. Actually, it is the people. It is the people who I know we know, because we have a very extensive network now, that is like gold. If I don't know someone, and I have a friend who's a psychologist, and we talk about this all the time. If you say, I don't know, and within half an hour, you still don't know, you got a big problem. And the problem is you can't pick up the damn phone to ask somebody. Resourcefulness, that's the trick, right? Yeah. Awesome. So question number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? I think the fact that I, I don't give up, I just keep going and going and going. Like the energy drives your bunny, although sometimes that bunny needs maybe a glass of wine to be re-energized, a little time off. It's just, you keep going. You put one foot in front of the other, you have your eye on the prize and you do it and you don't let yourself get distracted. You don't pay attention to the naysayers because I can't tell you how many 
times over my life I've been told I couldn't do it, you shouldn't do it, and you couldn't do it. And man, that just made me more determined to do it. I love it. If, there, if there's a wall, you can go around it, you can go through it, you can do it. No, under it. There's speed bumps, right? <laughs> you go under it, you can even build a bigger wall to put in front of it, and then you build a staircase in it to get over that wall. I mean, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Keep going through it. I love it. All right. Last question of the lightning round. It's actually a Saturday morning right now that we're recording this, but on a typical Sunday morning, what are you doing or what do you enjoy doing? Well, if it's the summer, spring, summer, fall, I'm probably in my garden. I love gardening. I'm either weeding or planting or just enjoying the, the flowers and the birds. And I just, I love my garden. And in the winter, I could be reading. I often listen to the radio or podcasts because I just find it relaxing. I may be sitting in front of a fireplace. I may need a little meditation. So I guess on a Sunday morning, it's me time. And it's what I want to do. It's, it's outside relaxing or inside relaxing. Laurel, can you come and fix my garden? <laughs> There's lots of weeds. <laughs> if you enjoy it so much, maybe you can help me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> For a great bottle of wine, I'll do almost anything. <laughs> All right. Just let me know what kind. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Laurel, where can our Right Club Nation find you if they wanted to know more and reach out? You know what? Let's just have everyone come to me at the Right Club. So it's laurel at therightclub.com. And I'm more than happy to respond to emails, questions, whatever it is. I love to hear from people and I love to create relationships because I believe that we all win when we, when we learn more and are able to create relationships with more people. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I feel so privileged and blessed and, and I'm sure Sarah feels the same way that through the last two and a half, almost three years now that we've been working together on, on the right club, that the relationship has gotten stronger and so much information that, that you've been able to share and we've been able to grow any last words of advice or anything that you'd like the Right Club Nation to know? Just keep on doing it. Surround yourself with positive people. Talk to people who've already done it and who are successful. Ask the hard questions. Ask what the mistakes were. Don't let the shoulds get you. Do your best to keep the should word out of your vocabulary. I consciously rephrase my sentences so I don't use should and I kick myself when I use it. I try very hard not to. And hey, enjoy it. Have fun. It's a process. If you're not having fun, don't do it. That's right. Thank you so much, Laurel, for being an amazing guest. Again, we're the first person that comes in the second time. Thank you so much for the insights. Really looking forward to hearing you speak on June 18th as well. And Right Club Nation, come out, meet Laurel, talk to Laurel. And thanks very much, Laurel. And see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Alfonso, that was a great podcast. It was awesome to have Laurel come back for a second time. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear her speak. She's actually a very, very good speaker. She engages the audience and she's got a lot of great content around mindset and just so many other things that will help you to go from 90 to 95 or 95 to 100. And it just really helps you refine your knowledge, your skills, your mindset, and you know, it all ties into like your life and your lifestyle. Absolutely. And, and every time that we talk with Laurel, you know, whether it's in our preparation meetings or even just having casual conversations, there's always that, that factor that it doesn't matter what strategy you're doing. We all have common struggles. Those voices, those noises, 
doesn't matter if you're like the Burr Queen, like Sarah, or if you're doing like you're doing tons of rent to owns like me, or you're doing multifamily, or you're doing rentals, secondary suites. We all have challenges, right? Of of whether there's people or things or in our life that causes challenges for us to have to overcome. And I think that's the common thing is that we all share in those struggles, right? And and how can we overcome them better, faster, stronger, become better at what we do by using the experiences of all the people around us. So it's going to be an amazing, amazing event on June 18th. Make sure you've registered. We love having everybody in that room coming in there and showing that the buzz in the rooms are, are so fun. It's going to be our last event before the summertime. So don't miss it. It's going to be a great night. Absolutely. The rightclub.com or guys on Instagram, we are at right club and come check us out. All right, Alfonso, great to hang out with you again and uh, see you all next week. Right Club Nation, come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.